Uh, if you have your Bibles, turn to the book of Acts, chapter 16. Thank you. I run out of water before church, so I've got a full load, so buckle up. Acts chapter 16. Let me get this turned on. And uh, I preached for Brother Frank. Y'all might have heard this, but I preached for Brother Frankie uh, McKinney here a while back, and that woman, she run the sound booth, and uh, she told me how to get hooked up and stuff, and I got hooked up, and uh, I got up there to preach, and I seen this woman back, she's going like this, and I said, oh, I, said, I forgot to turn the, the thing on, so I, I think it's on, we're ready to go. Acts chapter 16, uh, Brother David uh, preached on hell this morning, and I heard an old preacher say, there was a man preaching on hell one Sunday, said he preached on hell, he preached it hot, and there were some teenage kids, they was, they was sitting in the back, and as that preacher walked out, he, his preacher walked back there, and those kids come by, and they said, uh, they was laughing at and they said, uh, Preacher, how far is hell from here? They left down that road in a quarter of a mile. They was killing a car wreck. That old preacher said, Hell is a quarter of a mile. And I appreciate you, my Lord, and preach on hell this morning. And uh, when Brother James asked me, I'm, I'm trying to get my nerves. I guess you don't ever get over being nervous, but somebody said you need to get all your butterflies out, but... Uh, when Brother James asked me to preach this morning, my first thought was on submission. But as the day went on in, in my life, I'm thinking, I don't have the right spirit for that right now. So I'm preaching on something and it fits my day. Acts chapter number 16. We're, we're, we're going now. Acts chapter 16. We're going to pick up verse number 20. And the Bible says in verse number 20. Can you all hear me? Acts chapter 16 and verse number 20. Let's read verse number 19. Here Paul and Silas, the Bible says in verse 19, And when her masters saw that the hope of their gains was gone, they caught Paul and Silas and drew them into the marketplace of the rulers, verse 20, and brought them uh, to the magistrate, saying, These men being Jews do exceedingly trouble our city, verse 21, and teach customs which are not lawful for us to receive, neither to observe being Roman, verse 22. And the multitude arose, that's who you got to watch after is the multitude. The Bible says, verse 22, and the multitude arose up together against them, and the magistrates rent off their clothes and commanded to beat them, Paul and Silas. Verse 23, the Bible says, and when they had laid many stripes upon them, uh, they cast them into the prison, charging the jailer to keep them safely. Verse 24, the Bible says, Who, having received such a charge, thrust them into the inner prison and made uh, their feet fast in stocks. I like verse number 25. We ought to have this kind of attitude right here. In verse number 25, the Bible says, And at midnight, Paul and Silas prayed and sang praises unto God, and the prisoners heard them. In verse 26, we'll stop right here. And suddenly there was a great earthquake to the foundation of the prison were shaken and immediately all the doors were open and every one of the bands were loose. For a little bit I want to preach on taking advantage of a bad situation. Taking advantage of a bad situation. I want to say this. It seems like so many times Christians get hung up in bad situations. I mean, good people, they live for the Lord, they're serving the Lord, they're witnessing, they're praying, but sometimes good people get hung up in bad situations. Now, I know a singer, I know him personally, and uh, 
Uh, this happened years ago, but he had a sack full of kids. That's, that's a bunch. He had a sack full of kids. I thought, hey, God's touching his life. And one day his wife said, it's over, I'm done. You know what it is? He's a good, still singing, still serving the Lord, but he found himself in a bad situation. Now, you might be here, and maybe you've lost a young loved one. You find yourself in a bad situation. I preach not taking advantage of a bad situation. The Bible said that Joseph was sold by his brothers. I say that's bad. He's sold by the ones that were supposed to love him. I think about David with King Saul. Uh, in 1 Samuel, you read that story, the accounts. David found himself in bad situations. I think about Hannah. Hannah had no child. And the Bible says in 1 Samuel chapter 1 that she was afflicted by her adversary. You know what Hannah was? Hannah was in a bad situation. Stay with me. We're going somewhere. Daniel chapter 6 verse 16. Daniel was thrown into the lion's den. I tell you, good people find themselves in bad situations. For the, with the help of the Lord, I want to preach on taking advantage of your bad situation. I'm talking about good people, preachers, Christians, singers. Uh, you may know, find themselves in these circumstances. If we can only learn what to do in these bad situations. I think about my own Christian life. There's sometimes I wish I knew now what I, what I didn't know then. But you know what? If I could have some, some instruction about handling bad situations in my life, I think about what difference I could have made. Maybe I could have made a greater difference. I think about when I was a young kid, like these kids here, I didn't understand it. But if I'd have had somebody explain to me, and maybe they didn't, I didn't listen. But if I'd have had somebody explain what I need to do when bad things happen, I want to, first of all, look at uh, what's leading up to this bad situation. Look at Acts chapter 16 and verse number 6. What's leading up to Paul and Silas' bad uh, situation? Uh, number one, by way of opening, Acts chapter 16 and verse number 6. The Bible says, now when they had gone throughout, uh, I've got contacts, and I've teared up, I've got no tissue, so I'm trying to see, trying to see here. The Bible says, now when they had gone throughout Persia, about the region of Galatia, they were forbidden of the Holy Ghost to preach the word in Asia. Look at verse 7. And after they were come to Asia, they essayed to go into Bithyon, but the Spirit suffered them not. I will say right here, and uh, in verse number 8, it says, They passing by marriage, they came down to Troash. I want to stop right here. Paul and Silas was being obedient to what God told them. You know what most people do when they get here? They're wanting to go preach. And they didn't get an open door, but you know what they did? They stayed obedient to what God had told them. Right. You know what we want to do? We find ourselves in a situation and we're going to bust right in. Instead of waiting on God... We want to go ahead in our flesh and take care of it ourselves. But I'll say this, Paul and Silas was obedient. Uh, and I will say this, there's different kind of situations you come into in life. Some are for being obedient, some are for being disobedient. I've, if you want to say after church, we'll stay here all night about my disobedience. But Paul and Silas, they found themselves obedient 
for what God was wanting him to do. Look here in number Acts chapter 16, verse number 10. The Bible says that after he had seen the vision, immediately when devoured to go in Macedonia, assuredly gathered that the Lord had called us for to preach the gospel unto them. I want to say in verse number 9, there was an open door. Uh, the first part, Paul and Silas, they was obedient to what God wanted them to do. And now you know what God's going to do? God is going to open the door. In verse number 10, Paul said, I know what I'm supposed to be doing now. Paul said there was an open door in his life. And I want to say this, if you'll be obedient to the Lord, God is going to open those doors in your life. Yeah. Now, if you want to be hard-hearted and stubborn, and you want to sit there and not be obedient to God, those doors will never open in your life. Right. We've seen they was obedient. We've seen an open door. But third of all, look at Acts 16, verse number 14. The Bible says that a certain woman named Lydia, a seller of purple and of the city of Thysia, of which worship God heard us, whose heart the Lord opened. I see third of all, by way of opening, there was an open heart. Now, the Bible said that Lydia, she was a seller of purple. But you know what God did in verse number, uh, verse number, the previous verse? Paul was a preaching. And you know what God did to this woman that didn't deserve it? God opened her heart up. We've seen there's an open door. We've seen there's an open heart. I want to say this. You know what we try to do? We try to open people's lives. We try to help them out and open up to what they need to hear. But no, I want to say this. If God don't open their heart... If the preaching of the Word of God don't open their heart, it's all in vain. But praise God, that woman with, a, with Lydia, the Lord opened her heart. I'll say this. Uh, look here in Acts 16, verse, Acts 16, 16. The Bible says here, we're building up this. Say with me. Acts 16, verse number 16. The Bible says that it came to pass as it went to pray. A certain damsel possessed with a spirit of divination met us which brought out her masters uh, much again by soothsaying. I want to say this. Here we see that Paul cast this demon out of this demon-possessed woman. I say this. We see the outcast of a demon. I want to say this. It seems like right now, if you look at Paul and Silas' life, it seems like they're on the right track to what the Lord uh, wants them to do. You stop right here and you think they're on the... ESPN, I mean TBN. You think they was on TBN? Their lives going just like those TV preachers say. God's open heart. He's cast out devils. They've been obedient. I want to say here, when you get to this place in life, that's sometimes when trouble comes your way. You know why? Because people get offended. I want to say this. The only problem that these people are going to run into is people getting offended. Look at Acts 16, verse number 19. Bible says, verse 19, And when her master saw that their hope of the gains was gone, they caught Paul and Silas. You know what it was? Those people got offended because the Lord had cast out that devil out of her life, and now they're not going to get no gainsaying. Over there in the book of Mark, when those uh, uh, demons was cast out of those pigs, you know what it was that the Israelites... That was their money. And when, that, when those demons cast out that pigs, they lost their hope. They lost their money. I tell you, people get offended. Uh, Brother Noah Broughton gave me this advice. He was counseling uh, a younger person. 
and he had trouble in his church, and this one was offended at this one, and this one was offended at that one. He gave me this verse. He said, Psalms 119, verse 165. He said, Great peace have they which love thy law, and nothing shall offend them. And that woman kept saying, well, well, she offended me. She did this. She did that. And he kept saying this verse, Great peace have they that love thy law, and nothing shall offend them. You show me somebody that loves this right here, I might get upset, but I'm not going to offend them. Why? Great peace have they that love thy law, and nothing shall offend them. But I will say this. These wasn't Christians. I'm saying this. These people got offended. I will say this. Now you know where they're at? They're in a bad time. I'll say this. Look at Acts chapter 16, verse number 19. These people got offended. Now, you know when you're going to have trouble in your life? When people get offended. You've all got family. I've got family. You know when I've got trouble in my life? When family gets offended. Most time it's at Christmas or Thanksgiving. When people in your life get offended, you've got trouble coming your way. We're preaching on taking care of a bad situation. Paul and Silas, they was doing what God said to do. Now look here, verse number 19. The Bible says, When her master saw that the hope of the gains was gone, they caught Paul and Silas and drew them in the marketplace of the ruler. Look at verse 20. And they brought them to the master, saying, These men, being Jews, do exceedingly trouble our city. I want to say this. These people were offended. I said, you know what people's going to do when they're offended? They're going to lie on you. The first thing they're going to do is they're going to lie on you. You say, well, I'm a Christian. That don't matter. They're still going to lie on you. Look at verse number 20. It said, these men being Jews trouble the city. I'll say this. They'll lie on you. Uh, I'll tell you what, it was a lie. Look at verse 37 and 38 of Acts 16. The Bible says, but Paul said to them, they have been beating us openly, uncondemned, being Romans, and have cast us into prison. And now do they thrust us out proudly. Nay, very, but let them come of themselves and fetch us out. You know what they did? They was lying on them. They was putting their hands on Paul and Silas. Why? For being obedient to the Lord God Almighty. They found themselves in a bad time in their life. Number two, they found themselves beat down. Look at verse 22. The Bible says, And the multitude arose together against them, and the magistrates rent off their clothes and commanded to beat them. I'm telling you, Paul and Silas, they was just doing what God said to do. Now the multitude's offended, and Paul and Silas are getting beat. Why? For doing what God said to do. They're in a bad situation. They're being beat down. I want to say this. Who was beating them down? It wasn't a Christian. It was the world that's beating them down. And you know what this old rotten world will do on a Monday morning when you've got fired up after church and you feel like you're on fire for God? You get to work Monday morning, they'll beat you down. I'm not talking physically, but uh, mentally and spiritually, they'll beat you down. Paul and Silas was in a bad shape. Why was they beat down? For believing what thus saith the Lord. I'll say this, the world will do the same thing to you if you'll be obedient to the Lord. Now, I say that if you're not obedient to the Lord, you'll probably fit right in with them. But Paul and Silas, they was just doing what they knew to do. They was in a bad time. They was beat down. I'll say this, they was bound up. Look at verse number 24. 
The Bible says, whoever received such a charge thrust them in the inner prison and made their feet fast in stocks. Paul says they was bound in prison. You say, I've had a bad day. I'll say, you look at Paul Asai's life, they had bad days. Yeah. They had bad years. Why? For serving the Lord God Almighty. Yeah. Now, the Bible says they was found, they was bound in prison. Now, I'll say this, this is not federal prison. Uh, they're not in there playing Uno and Rook, and, and they're not pumping weights and watching TV. Yeah. They're in real prison. Yeah. I'll say this, at this point in time in their life, there was no physical comfort in their life. There was nothing that their flesh could do to bring them any satisfaction. There was, you know what this flesh at this point in time? Their flesh had failed them. There's nothing their flesh can do. I tell you, they're bound up. I'll say this. How in the world do you take advantage of a situation like this? I'll ask you, how are you going to take advantage of your days in your life when you seem like there's no hope, when you seem like it's all crashing down, how are you going to do it? Well, stay me. We maybe we'll see something. I will say this. Maybe Silas sat back there. Maybe he said, I just don't know how I'm going to make it. I don't know how I'm going to get through this. I'll say this. They really, I'm sure Silas maybe sat back and said, those people really hurt me. And I'll say this. You'll find time in your life where people hurt you. I'm talking about your friends, uh, maybe your family hurts you. People, they don't, they don't say in uh, sticks and stones, they break my bones, but words, that, that's nonsense. Words hurt. Yeah. Here Paul size was, they was hurt. They was beat down and bound up. What did they do? They waited to the darkest time in their life. The Bible says here in verse 25, and at midnight, Paul and Silas, they went to the darkest time at midnight. Now, I don't know if you've ever, I, I'm sure Brother Jared's been in a cave before, but the darkest place I've ever had physically, we was working on a water plant, and they had this big clear well, this big concrete clear well, and we had to get outside of it, and it was like a maze. You go back and forth, and I'm telling you, it was pitch black. I thought you couldn't even see your hand in front of you, and, uh, the only time I liked that is when the boss said go down there and I'd go down there and I'd kind of hang out. Why? Because he couldn't see me. He couldn't see what I was doing. But I'm saying this, it was dark. I mean, I couldn't see my hands in front of my face. But I will say this, here spiritually, they waited till midnight to the darkest time to do this. Now I will say this, Paul and Silas was supposed to be lights for the Lord. Now I said lights don't mean much in the daylight. You go at somebody's house and you look outside and they've got the lights on. You don't say, wow, that's pretty. Why? Because it's daylight. It don't make no sense. But you go through at night and you see people's lights on in their houses. You say, man, that looks good. I'll say this. In your darkest time in your life, if you'll be obedient and let the Lord, Lord of God shine in your life, that's when the darkest time. I'll say this. It was the most dangerous time. The Bible says they cast them in prison. Now, you know who's in prison? It's thieves and robbers and people like that. And uh, sometimes teenage girls, well, we didn't make it that far, but sometimes teenage girls get in trouble and, and, and people get caught and woke up in the middle of the night. But, but Paul and Silas, they was in real. They had no trouble. We thought it was. But the Bible says Paul and Silas waited the dangerous time. They was cast in prison. They was beat down. I will say this. 
How are we going to take advantage of this bad situation? I can't help but to believe they took advantage of their ability to look in the past. Maybe Paul told Silas, Silas, I know it's rough, but did you see what happened back there? You remember when Lydia's heart was open? You see how God worked back there in the past? How are you going to make it? You need to look back in your past and you find somewhere where God was blessing your life and you need to hang on to those. Uh, yeah. I'm, uh, the reason I'm having trouble with this Bible, this is not my Bible. Uh, if you look at the back, it says Addison McAlpin, January 26, 2017. You know what that was? I believe it was the day she got saved. We was in Texas at a camp meeting and uh, she got saved and she said, uh, Daddy, can I have this Bible? And, and what do you say to a kid that just got saved? Yeah, yeah honey, this is your Bible. And uh, so I appreciate Addison's Bible. That's why I'm having trouble right now. And I'll say this. You need to look back in your past and you see where God's blessing your life. You know what that was when I, when I was, how old she was to that 17? You know what that was for me as a highlight? Yeah. If your kids are saved, that'll be a highlight. When you got dark times, you ought to be able to look back and see where God's blessing your life. Yeah. You know what? Sometimes we get down in the dumps and you feel like nothing's going right. But as I open this up, I begin to read some of her notes. I look back. God was blessing my life. Yeah. When I felt like there was no hope, God was moving in your life. Yeah. I think about Paul and Silas here. Maybe they, uh, maybe they look back here in Acts chapter number 9, verse 24. Bible said they watched day and night to kill Paul. Maybe Paul looked back at his life and he said, I remember that day they was looking for me day and night, but God delivered me out. Sometimes in your darkest times, you better look back. But you know what happens? I get my dark time, and, and most of the time it's just a little bitty thing, but I, I make it real big. You know how some people, they just blow it all out of proportion? I've got this little thing, and I'm blowing it way out. My friends, we need to look back and see what God is doing, how God has supplied and delivered us out of all our trouble. Number two, I believe they look back and they seen the provisions that God had provided for them. Here Paul and Silas was, they was doing a work for the Lord. They was living by faith. I'm sure God provided everything they needed. Now, I want to ask you this tonight. Is God ever provided what you need? We can stand here all night and testify, and uh, Brother Tacker, has God ever provided your needs? I'm sure there's been a time in his life where you didn't have no money, and somehow the Lord come by and he slipped you a $100 bill. You know what happened? God provides in our life. And I think about times when I'm talking about didn't have no money. I'm talking about eating ravioli. Why? Because they're like 80 cents or they was 87 cents five years ago. They're probably $5 now, but I remember times in my past where God provided. You say, why did you eat ravioli? Because it's cheap. I remember eating ham sandwich, and I'm talking about ham, nothing else. Ham, no cheese, but you know what God did? God provided for me as a Christian. The uh, Bible said that David, he said, he's never seen the righteous forsaken nor begging bread. I'm sure Paul and Silas looked back in their lives. They said, Paul, uh, uh, God provided what we need. I'll say this. They took advantage of their ability to pray. Look at Acts 16, verse number 25. The Bible says, and I didn't leave my tissues. I left them at home. The Bible says, verse 25, and at midnight, 
Paul and Silas prayed. You know what you do in your darkest time? You get down on your hands and knees and you pray to the God of heaven. Nobody in your family might hear you. The world's sure not going to hear you. But there is a God who listens to our prayers. I'll tell you, Paul and Silas, you know what they did? They took advantage of it. They began to pray. I don't care what you're going through. You can still pray. They, they want to take prayer out of schools. My friend, they can't stop you from praying. Yeah. You can be praying down in your heart. Uh, prayer, what are you going to do? What are you going to do when your life falls apart? You better pray. Right. You better pray now. Young kids, what are you going to do when trouble comes your way? You better get down on your hands and knees and pray to the God of heaven. Yeah. My friends, we need to pray. Bible says in Proverbs 15, verse 8, it said the sacrifice of the wicked is abomination to the Lord, but the prayer of the upright is his delight. You can be a delight to the Lord. Why? By praying to the God of heaven. Prayer. They prayed. The Bible says in James 5, verse 16, it says the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man prevaileth much. I will say this. I believe if I come in trouble tonight, I could call some of you, I could call Brother Glenn or Brother Jerry, Brother Mark, Brother David and say, Brothers, I need you to pray for me. And I guarantee you they would get down on their knees and pray for somebody like me. But the Bible says in James 5, the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man. I'll say this. Prayer works. And uh, Brother Noah Broughton, you hear me talk about it probably every sermon. He's my hero, if you let me say that. But uh, there was come a time when they was having preachers get licensed. I don't know if you remember that. But he said, I'm not getting no license. And he's not a violent man. He's just a meek. And he says, I'm not getting a license. And you know what they did? They arrested him. And they got out. And uh, he was worried to death. And uh, he said, one morning, about 2 o'clock in the morning, he said, somebody called me from North Carolina. And he said, brother, we've got 115 preachers. We're praying for you. He said, well, shucks. That was always his famous saying, well, shucks. He said, well, shucks, if they're praying, why am I worried about it? And he went back to sleep. I'm talking about prayer works in your life. What are you going to do? We better pray. And uh, I think about this, uh, Brother Rick Prophet. Uh, somebody shared a sermon to me here a while back. And uh, Brother Rick Prophet, he said he was at a camp meeting. And he said he was always going down to the lobby and pray by himself. And he said that morning, he said that... That conference room was shut out. And they said, sir, it's all locked up. And he said he went out to his truck and uh, he said he sat in his truck and he, he pretended to be on the, the cell phone. And uh, he said, what, he said, he said, I always pray in the mornings. He said he pulled his cell phone up and he said, I began to pray. And somebody said, well, Brother Rick, why'd you use your cell phone? He said, that way people don't think I'm crazy talking to myself. I said, you know what he's doing? He was praying to the God of heaven. We need to take advantage of that ability that we have. Number five, coming to close. I believe they took advantage of their ability to praise God. Look at Acts 16, verse 25. The Bible says that midnight Paul and Silas prayed and sang praises unto God, and, and the prisoners heard them. I'll say this, praise. What is praise? The Bible says Psalms 40, verse 3, And he put a new song in my mouth. Even praise our God, and many shall see it, and fear and just trust in the Lord. You know what Paul did? Paul got a song in the night. Paul got a song in the night. The Bible says in Psalm 77, verse 61, 
He said, verse 6, he said, I call to remembrance my song in the night. Now, I'm not a singer, and, and I think weird, I think different, but I always think if, if I'm burnt on the stake, I want a song to sing. I want to have something. It might be blessing assurance, but I guess I think weird. I said, if they burn me say, I want to be able to say something. I want a song. Bible here, it says he gave him a song in the midnight. He was praising God in a bad situation. The Bible says in Psalms 119, verse 61, it said, The bands of the wicked have robbed me, but I have not forgotten my law. He said, They've robbed me, but I still haven't forgotten what God's done in my life. It said, verse 62, it says, At midnight I will rise to give thanks unto thee because of the righteous judgments. You know what you need to do? You need to praise God in your bad situations. Now, that's easier said than done. When, when your world falls apart, I'm telling you, you might have to suffer through it. I believe with all my heart, if you'll just lift up a hand and say, thank you, Lord. Yeah. You know what you're doing? You're praising God in your bad situations. You know what will happen if you'll do that? You'll say, I'm talking about by yourself, you'll say, thank you, Lord. Yeah. You know what happened? It won't be long you say, well, thank you, Lord. Before long, you'll be a shouting around why you're praising the God of heaven. What are you going to do? Why worry when you can praise him? Amen. I was thinking about, we'll get through all this. Just, I'm having a good time. And uh, a friend of mine said, if you preach, enjoy yourself. So I'm enjoying myself. And uh, Brother Noah Braun, he had a woman at church. I know Addis has heard these stories. A woman named Lula Redmond. They said she's an old woman, and uh, they said that everybody thought she was crazy. Every time uh, the preacher said, anybody got testimony, she'd stand up. They said she'd get me into waving that hanky, thanking the Lord what he'd done for her. And uh, the down at the grocery store, they called Noah Broughton. They said, Brother Broughton, we've got a member of your church. Uh, she's gone crazy. Would you come down there and help us? And he said, well, sure, I'll be right there. And he said he went down there, and he said, uh, Sister Redmond, what's the matter? And she said, Brother Broughton, I got down there. I got down in the green bean aisle. And she said, I got to think about those green beans and how God provided them green beans. And she said, I got to shouting all over the place. He said, he told that man, he said, well, shucks, ain't nothing wrong with her. She's just praising the Lord. You know what she was doing? She was praising the God of heaven. Didn't no matter what was going on in her life, she was wanting to praise the Lord. Here while back before we moved up here, I was down in, uh, I believe it was Brother Rick Prophets and, uh, there's a man named uh, Johnny Campbell. They called him Johnny the Baptist. He had cancer. He was short, and he was short. I guess he's short and kind of round. I'm going to go ahead and say it. He was short and round, and he lived a rough life, but God saved him. And, I, and when I go to meeting, I want to get by the loudest, most spiritual, cryingest person I want to be around. And I sat down by Johnny Campbell, and uh, that sort gone. He's eaten up with cancer. And he began to go, I mean, it did get good. He said, look at that, son. He's looking at that right there. God's moving in her life. You know what he was doing in his darkest time? He's wanting to praise the Lord. He's gone to heaven now. In his darkest time, he's going to praise the Lord. You know what that's going to do? It's going to embarrass your flesh. I guarantee you, your flesh don't want to do it. And uh, I'm not going to mention names. There's a lady I know, but the preacher said, honey, you need to take a lap. You need to take a lap. She said, I don't think I need to do that. He said, honey, you need to take a laugh. And uh, you know what he was trying to encourage her to do? To praise the Lord. I'll tell you, if you'll do that, you'll forgive out all the cares of the world and just praise the Lord. I'll say this. Taking advantage of a bad situation. You know what it's going to do? 
the world's going to detect it. Acts 16, look at verse 25. We're coming to a close. The Bible said at midnight, Paul and Silas prayed and sang praises unto the God, and the prisoners heard them. You know what happened? The world seen something going on in Paul's life. I'm sure he said, I want that right there. He waited to the darkest time, and he praised the Lord. I'll say this. He waited to the most dangerous time, and he praised the Lord. I'll say this. Um, I promise we're coming to close. It's people like that that move your life. When things can be crashing around them, and they can say, I got more than I deserve. I'll say that people like that, they lift me up. They lift me up. I will say this. I want to thank God for Paul and Silas doing what they did. They was obedient. David, you look at David's life, some of his darkest times, he praised the Lord. You know what they was doing? They was taking advantage of it. I want to ask you this. Are you taking advantage of your bad situation? I think about all the people of God that took advantage of this. They praised God in their darkest times. But I want to think about one more coming to close. Paul and Silas did it. Uh, John the Baptist did it. There was one more. Jesus Christ, the Son of the living God. You know what he found himself on the cross of Calvary? He found himself in a bad situation. But you know what he did? He took advantage of it. He was obedient to his Father, and he died an awful death. That way me, somebody like me, can go to heaven. Yeah. He did it that way somebody like you can have a chance to go to heaven. I said, you know what he do? We need to learn from this. 